Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. Gossip guru Rob Shooter has been the publicist for some of the biggest names in show business, including J-Lo, Jessica Simpson, Bon Jovi, and P. Diddy. In addition to his many international TV appearances as a royal family expert, Shooter has also penned his first book entitled The Four Word Answer that challenges all of us to describe who we are in just four words. Rob joins me today to discuss his new book. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, your host, and this is Motivational Mondays. I am so excited to be joined today by Rob Shooter. And you are a gossip columnist, but you do a lot more than that, a former publicist to so many big famous names. So first and foremost, welcome to Motivational Mondays. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, my pleasure. Now, I have to have full disclosure here. Of course, I do have the privilege of co-hosting on Fridays with your wonderful podcast, Naughty But Nice, which is a top podcast presented by iHeartRadio. So I'm your Friday co-host. So full disclosure. <laughs> full disclosure. I get it out. Yeah. No shadiness. Full disclosure. Right. Absolutely. However, this is a different thing for us because why I've asked you to be a guest on Motivational Mondays is because you have an upcoming book called The Four Word Answer. And I guess it's classified as a self-help book, but it was derived from a segment really on your show called A Moment of Rob. And it's like these little anecdotes for life that you would give. But tell me a little bit about why you wrote The Four Word Answer and what you hope people get out of it. It's a really good question. So we've been doing our podcast for iHeart for over a year now. So I've been in radio for a long time on the Elvis Duran show and different TV shows. And so iHeart approached me about doing a daily celebrity gossip buzz podcast. And I said, absolutely, yes. But I wanted to end every show with something that wasn't really about gossip at all. It was about the listener. It was about us. It wasn't about celebrities. So I decided to end every show with just like two sentences of self-help, I guess is the term for it. But I think it's really just humanity and just being kind. So after 20 minutes of celebrity dish, I wanted something that was just a nice breath of fresh air. And you could carry on your day thinking about something where you could help yourself or somebody else. And so that's how it started. The podcast became wildly successful and top 10 on Apple charts. And so a publisher, Anthony Zakiri, hello, darling, he contacted me through LinkedIn or something like some, 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 he didn't have my email, he didn't have my phone number, but he contacted me and he was a fan of the podcast. And he said, I couldn't care less about the celebrity gossip, but I do enjoy the end of the show. Have you ever thought of writing a self-help book? And I said, no, but now I am. Give me a month. I don't rush things. Give me a month to figure this out. What would it be? What have I got to say? And so I started to map out all these amazing celebrity stories I have. I've worked for J-Lo, for Diddy, for Naomi Campbell, for Alicia Keys, for Jessica Simpson, Bon Jovi, a ton of celebrities. 
I've worked with. So uh, what I did is I started to write down really memorable stories of working with these stars. And I figured out they all had something in common and it was not talent. And I'm not being shady there. They are talented. They are talented. But that isn't what made them superstars. What made them stars is every one of them knew who they were in just four words. And I thought, wow, what would happen if we applied that to our lives? Do you know who you are in four words? Do I know who I am in four words? And I started to think about that. And that's how the book started. Wow, that's amazing. And I think that's a really great lesson because so many times people look at celebrities and they think that celebrities are special. They've got something that none of us will ever have. And, oh, I can never aspire to that or achieve that. And what you're saying with your book is that whatever your level of success may be or whatever your aspirations may be, you have a better chance at attaining them if you can identify who you are. Right. Right. It's not not just a better chance. I believe it's the only chance. I've really worked with these people for over a decade. They're not born stars. Stars are not born. Stars are created. Stars are nurtured. And they might have been really lucky to have parents that taught them things that our parents didn't teach us. But it's never too late to learn. And so one of the four words, without giving too much away, is kindness. And you don't think of that when you think of celebrities. You don't think of Jennifer Lopez necessarily as the kindest person or Diddy, you're wrong. But this is what makes them special. They're kind to themselves. Jennifer doesn't put herself down. Jennifer can get rid of the self-doubt. The kindest thing you can do in life is to accept yourself. And so I have a whole chapter about accepting yourself, how you learn to do it, why you don't do it, what we can change in our lives to accept ourselves more. And I think that this will change people's lives. When I really started being kind to myself, Corey, my life changed. There was things I would say to myself that I'd never say to you, a friend, someone I loved. And yet I would say the nastiest, nastiest things to myself. I'd put myself down. And when I stopped doing that, when I started to be as kind to myself as I am to others, things changed. Opportunities opened up. I started to believe in myself. I stopped self-sabotaging because I am worth it. I really am. And that was a trick I learned from celebrities. And you know, what's interesting too about part of your story is that you do bring to the table a history of self-doubt, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. because you have a an injury you suffered as a child, right? I don't even know what it's called today. I hate the term physical disability or because it's not that you are far you are far <laughs> from that, obviously. But I mean you have a physical um issue with your arm. Yes. And you also have a hearing impairment. And so you had these things that made you feel self-conscious, especially in an environment like entertainment in Hollywood, where everything is so based on physical appearance and being overly confident. So there you are thriving in that world. So you really actually don't just say this as an anecdote. You have lived this. I say to everybody that wants to work with me, around me, do the work. I don't want anybody around me in my life who's not willing to do the work. And I say to people all the time, if you knew it was going to take you five years or a decade to achieve your dreams, would you still want them? And for me, the answer is yes. And so from the day I was born, I was damaged at birth. It was a really difficult delivery and it ended up really messing up my right arm for for the rest of my life. It's a disability that I've had since day one, but I lean into it too. I got to know 
who I am. And I stopped lying to myself. So for many years, I pretended that there was nothing different about me. And in photographs, I'd hide my arm behind the person next to me. Or I looked at pictures of me as a little boy before selfies or camera phones. And, and my right arm's always in my pocket or it's hidden behind my back. Now my right arm is swinging there and it is different. And I've learned through the forward answer that that's a word that defines me. I'm different. And you've got to accept it. And once again, this goes back to being kind. Once you're kind, you can accept. And so I think stop walking away from the things you don't like about yourself. And I, I would go to so far as to actually say the things that make you different are the things that are going to make you successful. Carson Cressley from Queer Eye. I know Carson. He was not out of the closet when he signed up to do Queer Eye. He was in the closet for most of his, what we would think of as adult life, but he came out relatively late and he hid it his whole life. And now he makes a living from the thing about himself that he kept a secret. So whenever you lean in to what makes you different, you can only lean into it if you're kind to yourself and you accept it. So you've got to be really honest. And it's a brutal conversation to have, being honest with yourself about the things you don't like, your silly accent, your big nose, your damaged arm, whatever it is, once you accept it, it takes away everybody else's power because no one can make fun of it anymore because you're there first. Yes, it's so true because you own who you are to a degree that when we actually met, I didn't even notice the arm right. because, you know, it was, it was like, I didn't even, and then you were like, oh, well, look, I have one arm that's shorter than the other. And I was like, what, when did that happen? Because you don't let that control who you are. It's part of me, but it's not all I am. It's not all I am, but it's part of me, but you have to accept it too. Too many times people spend so many hours hiding from the truth. Get rid of it face it. And then you save all these hours to focus on other things. Instead of me hiding my right arm behind my back or in a pocket now, I'm the first to point it out, get it out the way, and then we can chatter away and gossip about all those stars and Meghan Markle. Even as a gossip columnist, your individuality also and your personality is something that you let shine because this is an industry that can be very vitriolic, very nasty. We've talked before about how some people in this profession have chosen a different path. Like, for example, not to bash him, but Perez Hilton is someone who took a very different approach mm -hmm. and made a lot of enemies as a gossip columnist, not being very kind to celebrities. And then there's some that are sort of ultra nice that are almost like robotic. I'll give like a, like a Mary Hart <laughs> entertainment tonight, or she's like a Stepford host. And, you know, that's almost too far the other way. But you're in the middle where you're like, look, I'm going to report a naughty story if it happened to a celebrity, but with some integrity, not for meanness. And that also is a conscious decision. It was a conscious decision, but it wasn't a decision I made for profit or to distinguish myself. It's who I am. Be who you are. I think growing up life is high school with money. What made you happy when you were a young kid? What, what made you smile? And I know those young years can be really tough and people can be cruel. I was the happiest when I was in the playground gossiping. I knew everyone's secrets. I was hiding by the bicycle rack, talking away, knowing who was dating who. I figured out to make, make a living out of what I'm good at. I've never met anybody who is miserable, who makes a living out of what they're good at. Find out what you're good at. And this is the part 
of the four-word answer and getting to know yourself once you're honest with what you're good at and what you're bad at, what you like, what you dislike. Really make a little list and figure out what do you enjoy, what makes you happy. And yes, there are days when I don't want to write about Kim Kardashian's bottom anymore. But what makes me happy is talking. I'm a very nosy person. I like to know everyone's business. And so I figured out a way to make that into my living. And, and I think if you do the same too, if you, if you lean into again, what makes you happy and figure out a way to make a living out of it, you're going to have a really good life. That's what celebrities did. They figured out what they were good at and they figured out how to make a living out of it. There's a clip going around the internet now of Judge Judy and she's saying something exactly the same way. She's like, you know, I'm a judge. That's what I began my <laughs> life as. I had no idea this other stuff. And you know, I mean, she's like worth like half a billion dollars now because she says, I don't feel like I'm going to work because I took something that I love. I love the law. I love being a judge. And I found a way to even expand beyond that, but still doing something I love. And she says, instead of going to work every day, it feels like she's going to the playground to use another <laughs> playground <laughs> reference. But Rob, you do make a great point though about self-acceptance because I know you and I have spoken before and I shared with you that forever I was uh, self-conscious about, I have this gap in my teeth. And I had gone to the dentist office and I was going to close it. I literally was all set to close it in the dental chair and the dentist was late. So they had Michael and Kelly, Michael Strahan was on and he comes on the TV and I'm looking at him. I'm like, well, that gap didn't stop him and it's bigger than mine. And I literally was like, no way, I'm not changing it. I love that story. And in this day and age, we can create our own worlds. We can curate our own media. And so stop following people that don't make you feel good. Make sure there are people on your Instagram account that you follow who look like you. Find representation. And if you can't find it, get out there yourself and represent this process of getting to know yourself. And that really is all the book's about. It's getting to know yourself, but it's also too being able to tell me who you are. Who are you in four words? You don't have to answer now, everybody, but think about it. I asked my mom a couple of days ago, I said, we're talking about a book and she's terribly proud of me. She's not so proud of the gossip columnist, but she's very proud of the author part. And I asked her, she's 85 years old, who are you in four words? She couldn't answer. And it broke my heart that you can get to 85 and not know who you are. A week later, she called me back. We speak every Sunday. She'd got the words. She'd been thinking about them. And now she says those four words every single day to remind herself who she is. And she said, you know, at 85, it's a revelation. And um, maybe even a, a little bit happier because now she knows who she is. I know who I am. I know who I'm not. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at. I play the trumpet. I'm a terrible trumpet player, but I thoroughly enjoy it. But knowing the truth about that means that I can stop wasting time trying to audition for the New York Philharmonic. It's not going to happen. <laughs> now I can just have it as a hobby and I can focus on other stuff like gossiping and, and reporting and being a journalist to, to make a living. So it's all about getting to know yourself. And if in, you know, in, in, in a little way, if I can help people think about themselves for a couple of hours when they sit down with a cup of coffee and read a book, then my job is done. Yeah. And I'm a little like, shocked. I had no idea about the trumpet. So there's all these little nuances about people that you never know. I've known you for a few years now and I had no idea. So, you know, you also have this really great quote. I want to make sure I have it right because I have my notes here. Um, you have this great quote that you said once about instead of being jealous mm. of a person, 
identifying the person that you're most competitive with may tell you all you need to know about yourself. Yes. So that's a bit of a provocative spin on jealousy. So tell me what you mean by that. Well, I learned it because whenever I met with a new client, whether it be Diddy, Jessica Simpson, JLo, one of the questions I'd always ask, because it's sort of like an interview, but you want to see that you're going to get on together. You talk the same language. So a potential new client, I always wanted to know who they were jealous of, because once I knew that, I knew everything about themselves. Jealousy is a compass. Next time you get jealous, it is a compass pointing to you towards what you want. You're only jealous of people that you want what they have. So then instead of wasting your time being jealous, figure out a way to get it. I love it now. When I get jealous, oh, those feelings bubble up in your tummy and you think about it. But now instead of getting angry, I'm like, what's this telling me? Because it's never about them. It's about you. What is it telling me about myself? Oh, I want what they have. So whoever you're jealous of tells you more about you than the other person. Then the trick and what we do in the forward word answer is we figure out a way how to turn that into a reality. It's literally a lighthouse. It's a compass. It's almost your North Star. So the next time you get jealous, you're watching something on TV or on Instagram or on Facebook. When you get jealous, stop and think, why is this making me jealous? And I guarantee you it will be because what they have you want. So for instance, Bon Jovi was a bit jealous of Bruce Springsteen. Naomi Campbell and Tyra Banks, we all know that. Oh, you know, yeah. J-Lo and Mariah Carey. You know, it's so interesting because what it tells you is what they have you want. It's easy to use their success as an excuse. And no, 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 don't use it as an excuse. Be inspired by it. Because if they can do it, you can too. And nine times out of 10, the person you're jealous of isn't more talented than you. They might be a little bit more lucky. They might even, dare I say, have worked a little harder. And that's some of the truth too. They deserve to be successful because they've done stuff that I was not willing to do. When I think of singers, I'm not willing to play every terrible piano bar on the Lower East Side at one o'clock in the morning. Stand-up comedians, I'm not willing to do an open mic where my name might get pulled out of a hat at 3 a.m. It's not, it's not my life. But they did that. They really did do it. And I think one of the big takeaways I came to this conclusion in the book is if you do the work you deserve it. There's no shortcuts. Occasionally, there are people that seem to have achieved everything without doing any work, but it always falls apart. The ones that do the work are the ones that succeed. You can't give up to. I told you that quote. Joan Rivers was really helpful to me in my career and my life. We became friends rest in peace. And she told me that there's people funnier than she is. There's people that are wittier, but Joan would stand in the rain longer than anyone else. When you go home wet, cold, Joan is still standing there. I stand in the rain until I get what I want. That is amazing because often we also give up quickly. And as you mentioned, how we sometimes think that people who are lucky that they've just got it made, but you're right. It's not sustainable if you haven't put the work in. Like The universe will give you an opportunity, but how will you be able to sustain it do the work and do the unglamorous work. There was nothing fun about writing this damn book. It took me a year, but all like an hour every day when everybody was going out playing. I felt like I was at home doing homework. It was felt like I was back at school, but I did it. And the only reason this book is coming out is not because I'm more talented than anybody. That's not true. I did the work. I did the work. I got the experiences. 
And then I had to sit down and write it. It's really, really hard because I'm a social animal. There is nothing more solitary than writing a book. Maybe swimming because you're by yourself. But there's really, you know, you're really by yourself. And to sit there with your laptop and your thoughts and to gather them and to write and to rewrite. I deserve this success because I did the work. I did the work. And now is the exciting part, talking to you. I've booked on some TV shows to plug the book. All that stuff is glamorous. And I can go and buy a new jacket and a new shirt to get my hair done. That is glamorous. What isn't glamorous is sitting in your living room in your underwear with your computer for like a year doing the work. Do the work, everybody. There are no shortcuts. If Madonna, Madonna, I love her. Madonna still does a sound check. Every performance that Mark Madonna does, she does a sound check. If Madonna can do a rehearsal, so can you. <laughs> exactly. At 62 years she old. Yes, and she's you. still doing sound checks. She doesn't phone it in. Every concert, she gets there at four or five in the afternoon. When I worked for Bon Jovi, he was playing stadiums, 60, 70,000 people. Before they opened the doors, the plane arrived early. They got in a van. They got the band to the stadium. He did a sound check did the work. What, 40 years into his career, he was still doing the work. There are no shortcuts, everybody. And honestly, if you're looking for that, if you're looking for a, a, a silver bullet, a magic wand, don't buy this book. Don't buy any book. There's anyone that tells you they can fix you. It's just not true. You've, you've got to do it yourself. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.